Welcome back, Ben and GM tonight. Ryan Horvath, Sean Levine. Uh, great stuff with the commercials. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Other than the Duncan commercial, the Usher commercials, I mean, nothing really hit for me, to be honest. Also, I was so into the game. That's what happens when you have $1,800 on the line, uh, plus <laughs> all your prop bets. So, you know, like, I thought the halftime show was fine. I thought it was good. We could get into more of that later. But uh, I wanted to hit on the overtime with you really quickly. And if you thought that that was the right call, because we've kind of went through everything, we could get back into the commercials. I want to hit on all the fun stuff, the halftime show. We could go through halftime show rankings. But I just want to know, because I keep going back and forth with this, what I would do in that situation when I'm going up against Patrick Mahomes. Do you take the ball first? Let's put you in the shoes of Kyle Shanahan. Sean Levine, Ryan Horvath coming up a little bit later on here on BetMGM tonight. We're going to talk with Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider. What do you do if you're Kyle Shanahan, knowing the new overtime rules uh, in that situation? Ball first, or do you kick off there? Do you defer? Well, the first thing I do is make sure that I'm an expert on those as the head coach, just in case we fall into that situation. And we can debate. Sounds like Andy Reid definitely knew exactly what the rules were and had that conversation with his team. I'm not saying Shanahan was confused or if he knew the rules up and down, but it, obviously Kyle Juszczyk, as you pointed out, a member of the 49ers said that he was confused, so maybe he didn't do a good enough job of you know, relaying that to his team. All that being said, there are really two choices, right? If you decide not to take the football, right, and in theory you kick off first, then the advantage would be that the other team comes down the field and kicks a field goal, and then you know that just to tie the game, you need a field goal to keep it going on or a touchdown to win it. Essentially, it would be like in college football where you let the other team go first so you know what you have to do. But the difference is, in college football, it goes, we get the ball, they get the ball, they get the ball, we get the ball, we get the ball, they get the ball. In the NFL, it's only like that for the first series on each side so the way that it works is both teams get the ball and then after that it's basically a free-for-all right that's why I don't think it's it's a no-brainer that you take the football you do exactly what he did so did it pull up in his face yeah in hindsight can people say what were you doing and question it but I actually don't really think that anybody in their right mind wouldn't take the football get knowing that Obviously, you give yourself the first chance if both teams do the same thing to end the game. So it's confusing. I know that what I just said for the last two minutes, I think I'm confused by what I just said. All I'm saying is, given the choice, I think Kyle Shanahan would do the same thing. I don't have a problem. No, no, no. I, I completely get what you're saying, and I also apologize for calling an audible because we are going to get to the commercials. We're going to have some fun here tonight, but it's just – Every time I go on social media or I'm on Twitter, I see another hot take popping up about this game. And all right, so here's where I would criticize Kyle Shanahan. Him and Andy Reid, in my opinion, two great head coaches. Andy Reid, better. Andy Reid had the coaching advantage coming into this game because Andy Reid has more experience as a head coach. He had the playoff, the postseason, the Super Bowl failures in Philadelphia. They ran him out of town with Donovan McNabb. And... You know, now he has the experience. He also has the best quarterback in the game. He has Travis Kelsey, as you said earlier, Sean, the best tight end in the game. He has probably the best defensive coordinator, I would say, in Steve Spagnola in the game. And he has a yeah. really good, young, underrated defense. And he has Chris Jones. But with Shanny, you know, okay, this is the third Super Bowl now. Second as a head coach. Obviously, the one is a play caller in Atlanta. 
Uh, he's going to learn from these mistakes. I'm not out on Kyle Shanahan. Do I worry about him in the big game? Yes. Do I ever want to bet on him in a big game? Like, do I rip him every Sunday for punting on fourth and one for getting a little bit too tight? Like the game plan's always great. The play execution is always great. The only thing I criticize is his is in-game management and obviously the preparation. The one thing you could say about Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they were prepared, like they said, for this situation. San Francisco was not. And Kyle Shanahan just admitted it in the presser. You know, he said, uh, in quote, it's just something we talked about. None of us had a ton of experience there. We looked at the analytics and talked to those guys, and we decided it would be better. We wanted the ball. If both teams matched and scored, we knew we'd still have a chance to get the ball back. We got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. If we did, we felt it was in our hands. So, I mean, you look at it, Sounds right? Like a Get honest, right. man. Not that you read it out loud. That sounds like a cop out to me. Like, honestly, it sounds like he was a little bit unprepared based on that statement. That once it actually came down to yeah. that point, that, that you know he was kind of throwing his hands up in the air. Like, obviously, the Chiefs had a better plan once it got down to that point because, as you keep pointing out, Kyle Shanahan's basically a young Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid went through a lot of these young bumps in the road if you will where he got his team to championship games he got his team to a super bowl and lost people talked about his play calling and his clock management at some point dude kyle shanahan's gonna win the super bowl probably a couple of them but in overtime it, it was a little dicey the whole thing was a little dicey taking the ball being confused the press conference the play calling, not having christian mccaffrey in like once it got to overtime if there's any criticism of mccaffrey or i'm sorry of shanahan i think it's valid the thing is, you can make the case for both, right? Because you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. Do you want to know what you have to do? Like, if you get the ball first um, and both teams score, the game goes to the sudden death situation. San Francisco gets the first chance to score and end the game. Game over. If you kick the ball away, you know, you have the informational advantage again. Um, you know, you know how many points the Chiefs put up. The Chiefs then also can't go for two. That's the other thing that nobody was really talking about. San Francisco could march down the field, put the ball in the end zone, kick the extra point, and it's Andy Reid and Mahomes, and they may just say, we're going to end this thing, go for two. So what do you do then if you do march the ball right down the field, score a touchdown? Do you go for two? Do you kick the extra point? Say, we got one of the better defenses in the league. You know, they have to score a touchdown. It's, it's tough because you're going against the greatest, one of the greatest players and one of the greatest head coaches ever. So... Andy Reid. You're an offensive genius, though, and that's what a lot of people call Kyle Shanahan already before ever winning a Super Bowl. Then go out there and don't put that on the line. Now, it is interesting when you throw that out there because ultimately they kick the field goal and we know the result. But if they would have scored a touchdown, I'm thinking, like, maybe they would have gone for two knowing that there was a chance that the Chiefs would have done the same thing. Although, look. Kyle Shanahan wasn't able to guide his team into the end zone. That's why every single time people call this guy a genius, I'm like, hold on, pump the brakes. Let me see him. If he, if he would look, Ryan, if that was his chance, that was his chance. Take your team down the field, score a touchdown, go for two, kick the extra point, whatever it is, stop Patrick Mahomes, and then nobody's going to criticize you. Nobody's going to question what you did in overtime, and everybody's going to call you an offensive genius. But the facts are, he didn't do those things, and they lost. And there's a lot of questions to ask this morning, or as it is 24 hours later. Yeah. I just think, like, what he's thinking right there is the defense is tiring. The defense is a little bit beat up. 
Like, but 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 you also bring up like the play call. You got Brock Purdy thrown in the middle of the field, and I, I thought see. that had iron written all over it. And then that's game over, dude. Especially with Harrison Bucker, like he's making that field goal right there. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I honestly, man, I thought Shani was kind of in his bag. The play design, the play calls yesterday, um, you know. But again, it comes down to in-game management, and yeah, I probably kicked the ball away, but I don't know can't really crush him for it it's it's a tough loss and it just sucks that you're going against pat mahomes but the play design on the jennings touchdown throw by the way um which also cashed my over two and a half players to throw a pass and my non-quarterback to throw a touchdown which saved my day that was awesome and that was just a great call from shanny in his bag all right uh we'll get back to all this a little bit later on we'll also talk with patrick everson see how the books did all over the place bet mgm i know a lot of places had a rough day with obviously the Chiefs winning that game, Mahomes, Kelsey going over all their player props. What was your biggest takeaway from the presentation, whether it was the halftime show, the Super Bowl commercials? Like, how were they for you this year compared to years past? Mm, okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a big yeah. difference between when you're just a casual fan that's betting on the game like, or just a huge fan that was betting on the game like you were last night or somebody like me that has grown up my mom used to pull me out of Sunday school so I could go to early kickoffs for Chiefs games. Like, I'm currently a Chiefs season ticket holder. I watched every Super Bowl my entire life the same way, which was, all right, who's got the best chicken wings? Who's got the best TV? Where are the cutest girls going to be? Where's the best party at? But when your team's playing, it's totally different, dude. It's so different. You're so focused in on the game where the commercials almost are obsolete. People, I was with a couple of people, and they were laughing. And I was like, what's so funny? The Chiefs are losing. They're like, ease up, dude. What, are you losing a bunch of money? I was like, no, it's the Super Bowl. I don't care about the commercials. I don't even care about my bets right now. The Chiefs are losing the Super Bowl. So there's a big difference between the way you watch, even the halftime, even the halftime entertainment. You don't watch it quite the same when it's your team. But, again, I thought the commercials were okay. Like I would say on a 10-point scale. They were a five, nothing great. Same thing with Usher. We can get dive, dive deep in that also. I thought he was good. Everything doesn't have to be terrible or awesome. They were both fine. Yeah, I thought the commercials kind of sucked. But like you said, I was also <laughs> pacing around the house. I had my in-laws in town. Um, they came, helped out while we were in Las Vegas. So I was like, didn't hedge, didn't middle with the Chiefs, best quarterback in the world. And I'm here riding out Niners tickets, like sweating all over the place. But the Dunkin' Donuts commercial hit, of course. I love Ben Affleck. I love Matt Damon. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, one of my favorite movies all time. I get a kick out of Ben Affleck. He reminds me a little bit of myself. Um, you know, he's always spilling all over himself, trying to carry way too many coffees at one time. He's a family man. You know, I, I j- wish he would get away from J-Lo. I think J-Lo's making him a little nuts. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a great commercial. Here's what happens to me, though, now, man. Like, growing up, I loved the commercials. The Budweiser Frogs, the classic, I love you, man. Like, we've had some great commercials. But what happens now, the movie trailers lock me in. Like, the new Twister sequel or whatever that is, prequel, whatever they're doing there, Twisters. Like, I was all locked in. And I didn't know about that movie. So then I'm digging in for more information. Deadpool 3 with Wolverine. Deadpool and Wolverine. Then they're like, check out the full trailer. So then I'm on IMBD. I'm trying to figure out who's all going to be in this movie. Um, now I'm trying to avoid like spoiler alerts, what's coming up, but I'm all in the movie trailers are really what does it for me. The commercials, 
Like, there's some weird-ass commercials also. I don't want to get too political or anything, but, like, that's the other thing, man. It's bad enough if you're watching the game with other people and they're talking about, like, politics and their thoughts on this and that. Oh, I can't watch the game. Taylor Swift's ruining the game. I'm just trying to watch, you know, a matchup of the two best football teams in the league before I have to talk about the NBA, unfortunately, for the rest of the year. So I was all locked in the game. I'm with you, man. And like you said, when your team's playing, it's a completely different story. At one point, so I have a young nephew, and he was like, put it on Nickelodeon. And I thought, what are you talking about? Apparently, they were playing like the SpongeBob version of the Super Bowl on Bikini Bottoms. And I'll admit, I kept it there for a good drive and a half. Like, watching the pineapple football and watching the bubbles come up from the football field and watching Mr. Krabs place the first down marker, that was pretty good stuff. Like, for a guy that was as into the game as I was, I gave that a good solid drive and a half. But overall, the, the pace of the game was interesting because the first half was a real snoozer, like for both teams. That for, The first half was one of the least interesting, not just Super Bowls, Ryan, but football games at any level that I've ever watched. My nephew that I was just talking about, he plays peewee football. It was like watching one of his games. Like nothing was happening in that first half. And then the second half got pretty good. And then the fourth quarter got great. And then overtime, I mean, everybody was on the edge of their seat, especially a donkey like you that didn't hedge when you're holding on to a 49. It's like, what were you thinking? What were you? I'm sorry, I don't want to rub it in, but what were no. you thinking as that game was going on? Like, I could hedge this, I could still hedge this as a live bet, and you kept, you just decided not to. That's borderline hey, insanity, dude. Let me. I don't. Even, I can't defend myself either because this had nothing to do with like public you know, versus pros, because like the way I was looking at this game, there are people on both sides and none of that matters. At the end of the day, I don't care if a hundred percent of the bets, a hundred percent of the money, 20% of the bets are on Travis Kelsey or Mahomes props. They're going to yeah, go home because they're great. Yeah. Like none of that. I don't even pay attention to that. I shouldn't probably say that, but I don't care about any of that, man. Um, but when I knew I was big screwed, we had Patrick Everson on and he's like, I talked with Billy Walters and he likes the Chiefs, and he would actually make them a two-and-a-half-point favorite. When I heard that the Michael Jordan of sports betting had a four-and-a-half-point adjustment on this game, four-and-a-half-point difference on this game, and liked the Chiefs, and said, better quarterback, better coach, better field goal kicker, I knew I was screwed. But, dude, I had come too far, and sometimes I just think hedging is for cowards. It would also have been the smart move. I would have more money in my pocket, but I was like, I'm going to let it ride with the Niners. I think they're the better team. It's Super Bowl or bust. Um, I didn't know Drew Greenlaw was going to get hurt in this game. And I'm not making excuses. I should have. Betting against Mahomes is like betting against Jordan in the 90s. Like betting against Tiger in the early 2000s. Now you know. Now like you betting know. against Gretzky. You know, like betting against you know. like betting against Horvath in 03 at Joliet Catholic. I just didn't That's lose, right. baby. And these guys just don't lose, Sean. So I was a big idiot. I was embarrassed for myself. I embarrassed myself in front of my child, my wife, my in-laws. You know? I'm a big loser. Now you I'm know. a big freaking loser. Now you know. Continue. Next. <laughs>